today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, most of the news is bad. Las Vegas hotels and restaurants are raising resort fees and prices for the Super Bowl. Uber's rides continue to cost more. JetBlue is going to charge you for advanced seat selection, and the fees on Delta's credit card are going up. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 11.20, we talk about an endangered species, customer service. Case in point, American Airlines is cutting hundreds of call center positions that handle travel issues and complaints and telling us it's going to make American better. Can you say BS? Our Odds and Ends segment features stories about how travel companies are collecting your private information, hidden cameras and vacation rentals, and why you might need a special class to learn how to negotiate a Disney theme park. Charlie Leoka from Travelers United joins us at 11.50 to talk about the crowd coming to the skies. Charlie says flying cars, drones, and other traffic is about to compete with airlines. And it's time to consider some regulations. Crazy? Well, maybe not. Lots of great information for travelers every Saturday at 11 o'clock. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's the Travel and Entertainment Guys, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. Mark, how you doing? Good to see you here on the the, the, the final weekend before the Super Bowl. You know, I am so tired of hearing about <laughs> the Super Bowl. Uh, I w- wish they'd play it sooner than two weeks after the last game. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the... the- the the airlines um, are creating new flights. We'll talk about that in in just a minute. Some folks have probably heard about that. Also, Las Vegas hotels and uh, restaurants are jacking up prices and resort fees and all kinds of things. So if you if you thought going to the Super Bowl was cheap, it's not. And uh, the folks in Las Vegas are trying courteously to make it just slightly more expensive for you. Yeah, and uh, they will do that. Anyway, well, let's see here. How was your week? Uh, Good. In Sacramento, home for a little while, so that's kind of nice. Have a trip to Hawaii coming up later this month. So it's uh, the cycle just keeps going here at Sports Leisure Vacations. You you announce them, you plan them, you announce them, you sell them, you take them, and then you come back and do it all over again. By the way, you know, it's not too long. Super Bowl will be over all of that, and then... uh, all of the pitchers and catchers will report to spring training. You betcha. Are you you gu- betcha. Are you guys, uh, Sports Leisure Vacations, going to some games this year? We are going. We have a five-day trip uh, down uh, March the 7th through the 11th. Thank you for asking. I have four seats I'm still trying to sell. So if you have never been to spring training and you would like to go, you'd like to be picked up at your home and have somebody who did all the, bought all the tickets and did all the arrangements and eat in some nice restaurants, stay in a Marriott hotel, and go out and enjoy baseball for five days. By golly, we have that package. Outstanding. We can also take you to see the Giants and the Cubs or the Giants and the Mariners over the summer. So if you're a baseball fan, go to uh, sportsleisure.com 
and you can find information on all of those baseball trips. Thank you, Thomas, for that chance to make that <laughs> uh, that huge plug for Sports Leisure Vacation. No problem. It's a pretty big deal. All right. At the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we take a moment to bring you up to date on the travel news. And always with the travel news, here's Mark. Yeah, well, as we mentioned, um, Las Vegas never missing an opportunity to make a buck off of you. Um, is raising prices for just about everything for the Super Bowl. Um, here's something kind of fun. I don't know that this has to do with the Super Bowl, but um, a- Caesars Properties have are now charging you to a fee to load money from a slot machine from your room account, so you don't have to go to an ATM. So you can just you can charge it to your room while you're sitting at the slot machine, but it's going to cost you money. Um, parking is going up. Restaurants are raising. Uh, their prices, everything about Las Vegas is going to be more expensive for the Super Bowl. If you like to ride an Uber, I do this uh, occasionally when I'm out traveling because it's it's proven to be in the past a little bit cheaper than renting a car. Maybe not so much anymore. If you ride Uber and Lyft, you find that, or other ride-sharing services, I'm sure you agree with me, the prices have gone up dramatically over the last couple of years and seem to keep rising, and the amount of surge pricing and things like that seems ridiculous. Um, here is an article that mentions that uh, airport premiums, you know, Uber has to pay, Uber drivers pay a premium to an airport to operate, to pick you up there, just like any other concession operating at the airport. And they point out, of course, that some airports are much higher than others in terms of the concession amount they pay. There are four that make this list in the United States. The first three are from Australia, but number four is Orange County. Uh, in the top ten also is San Jose, Cleveland, interestingly enough, and Boston, Massachusetts. So if you thought that especially riding from the airport in Uber was a lot cost a lot more than it used to, you would not be wrong. JetBlue, which uh, has a first-class section like every other uh, legacy airline, has traditionally not charged other than for their extra reg- legroom economy, also like everybody else's, traditionally not charged for any of the other seats. That's behind the game because just about every other airline, except for the last six or eight rows of economy, is charging extra for windows and aisles. Even if it's a little extra, JetBlue has joined that crowd. So if you fly JetBlue and you next time you log on and you say, wow, that seat didn't cost $19 the last time I flew, you would be correct. Continuing the really bad news, if you have a Delta Airlines credit card, Notice came out last week. The cost of the credit card annually is going from $99 to $150. You can expect this to be happening from other airlines also with their credit cards because they have shifted the ability to become a premium flyer with an airline is now based as much on or more on credit card spend than it is actual flying. So they know that people are going to chase those status levels with their airline and therefore they have to do it with the credit card so we make the credit card more expensive so that makes it more expensive to chase after the status does that that make sense tom none of this makes any sense (laughs) yeah 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 i guess it does from uh from a business standpoint but it's just becoming more annoying i you you know you get these emails that say oh hey uh, this is your credit card company and uh, you need to read this stuff there's uh, there's some changes and you may or may uh-huh. not get around yeah. you get tired of getting those get tired of reading them but you better read it because you're going to find you're going to be charged more in most cases 
Right here on the front page, it's of Delta's announcement. It says, explore your new and enhanced card benefits. And, oh, by the way, um, keep your hand on your wallet while you do it. Hey, uh, some things, we talk about prices of things going up. Biggest risers uh, between December of 22 and December of 23, we call ourselves the travel and entertainment guys. Those of you who like to go to sporting events know this. I've just bought a lot of baseball tickets um, for this year. Admission to sporting events, second highest increase year over year, 15%. Mm -hmm. Only car insurance, auto insurance is higher than what prices of going to sporting events have gone up over the last few years. That's because salaries for those folks are going up and the rights for the cost um, to networks and the like to get uh, TV rights and stuff, that whole situation is likely to spin out of control, I think, here before too long. I can't wait until the first network goes bankrupt and can't pay those rights fees and what that's going to do to the whole salary system. Uh, the FAA says that laser strikes against planes are reaching record levels, up 28% last year. Um, if you take a laser and you point it at an airplane, you could be endangering a whole lot of people. If you hit the pilot in the eye, that could be a real, real problem for flying the aircraft. Last year, there were over 100 injuries to pilots. Um, just so you know, if you're shoot, pointing a laser at an airplane, fines start at $11,000 per violation. Headline says, cruise passengers busted with 158 pounds of marijuana. Before I even read the story, I thought to myself, who in the world thought that they could <laughs> smuggle a suitcase, two suitcases in this case, full of weed onto, air, onto a cruise ship? Um, we've talked before about how cruise lines are even more picky than airlines about what they let, uh, than TSA, about what they let on. You know, you can't bring your own alcohol. You can't bring, you know, any type of drugs of, of anything. So, um, 158 pounds, Tom. Yeah, but it was uh, two, for it was it was for personal consumption for personal while on the <laughs> on the trip, man. They were headed for England, and it's a, apparently the type of weed that they had is in short supply in London and brings a great premium. <laughs> so um, those uh, ladies not only didn't get to London, they didn't take get to take their cruise, and I'm guessing they probably have some other issues. Ladies, too. All right. actually, ladies. it was a it was a lady and a gentleman. Oh, so okay. I, I I should correct myself. Okay. Here's a, here's kind of to break with the bad news here and, and wrap up the news segment. Um, you've probably heard of some of you may have heard about this already. U.S. Airlines are adding Taylor Swift and uh, Kansas City Chiefs themed flights to their system. Um, there even are some uh, some ones for the 49ers. But basically, American Airlines announced that flight 1989, a nod to one of Swift's, mm -hmm. Swift's most popular albums, is scheduled to run twice from Kansas City to Las Vegas. Um, on February 9th and 10th, there's also a flight named after uh, Kelsey's jersey number 87. Uh, Pat Mahomes is being honored as Flight 15 is flying back and forth. United has also added some flights using uh, those numbers, 1989, 2287, and 1587, combining uh, some of the players' numbers. Southwest is adding service, uh, as is Delta, but they haven't gotten into the renaming game quite yet and that is your travel news for today wow and uh, we are the travel guys uh, speaking of the big game you know you got a lot of options there you could do hot dogs pretty traditional i wonder how many people would like to do crab this is crab season dungeness crab uh, happening off the california coast and rudy's hideaway has a stash of it if you would uh, like to take advantage of it uh, steve over at rudy's can hook you up up to 30 pounds 
Or, you know, this is also the, the time that they have the crab feeds, fundraisers for bands and such. If you have one coming up and you haven't got your crab yet, see Steve at Rudy's, uh, and they will, uh, they'll take care of your crab needs. And don't forget, we still have the Travel Guys special going on. That's the twenty nine ninety five for a six-ounce lobster tail with the rice pilaf, the fresh vegetables, the butter, sourdough, and all the fixin'. So stop in, tell them that uh, Mark and Tom sent you the Travel Guys, ask for the Travel Guys special, and at the same time uh, make arrangements to get your crab. So, Mark, uh, customer service. Are you finding uh, when you make those calls and uh, for whatever it is that the phone rings and rings and rings and maybe well, uh, you can a, leave a, a message? all over, Tom. We, we've talked about this here before that, you know, the automation of customer service, uh, nobody answers their phone anymore. I mean, even smaller businesses in many cases don't answer their phone um, anymore. I, I took my car in last week and uh, left my car keys in the accidentally in the car on my house keys and needed to drive back to the dealership and pick them up and called the dealership. Nobody answered the phone, um, called all the different sections of the dealership, couldn't get anybody to answer the phone. And Must it's, have been lunch. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to have to spend tonight sleeping in the loaner car. Um, and it's and when you when you confront people with these things, businesses, they act like, well, yeah, so I mean, did you expect to call here and actually speak to someone? And so that, of course, is problematical when you get into things like travel, because in many cases, your needs are immediate. You know, your flight isn't going or something has happened to you and you need to be able to reach the airline, the hotel, the car rental people, um, whomever. And you can't do it because they either don't pick up the phone. They don't have enough people to help you. Um, Here's an example from American Airlines. Um, This is this story is from the street. Dot com. Uh, American Airlines makes major customer service changes. And basically, the gist of the article is that American has decided to pair over 600 workers as it consolidates its customer service units in Phoenix and Dallas. Um, the changes will consolidate multiple teams into one group uh, so that they can handle multiple situations for travelers, multiple circumstances for travelers. They try to make this sound as good as they can. This is when they cut customer service positions. I can't think of a scenario where that works in favor of the traveler. I also can't imagine them coming out and telling people about it and bragging about the fact that our customer service will be better because we've just cut over 30% of the people who answer the telephones and take take care of you. Um, Gary Left from View from the Wing, a popular blog online, um, Brody said the airline was understaffed to begin with relative to providing reasonable, reasonable service. If America was interested in improving this function rather than seeing it primarily as a cost center, the correct way to do this would be to improve processes and service first and then trim staff if they were actually unneeded. What an interesting, what an interesting and logical way to look at things. But that's not the way that these folks look at it. Um, these are corporate entities. And they're always looking for ways to increase profits. Um, we talked about JetBlue, which previously had not charged for extra for seats other than their economy, their upgraded economy or first class. Now, like the other, it's almost impossible now to get on an airplane and get an aisle or a window seat and not pay additionally for it. So 
Um, that's a whole different story, but then it, that really doesn't have a heck of a lot to do with customer service. But to the point that customer service falls into this trap of trying to protect profits or increase profits, and especially if the economy gets a little bit tight or they think it's going to get a little bit tight, then they start looking under rocks and all over the place. So if you're an American Airlines traveler and you have an issue and you call them and you think, wow, the service isn't as good as it used to be, you are probably right. Well, you know, if they would just be straight with people, say, look, we we can't afford to have as much customer service as we used to. Here's the thing. You can get uh, your questions answered. You can talk to our our, um, auto person on our website uh, and give you options and, uh, you know, offer you some some, some sort of support, uh, some sort of a an option if you're going to take away the the phone service but no they tell you that it's going to make everything better and mm-hmm. it, only if you're not thinking can you buy into that well and it's it it, it doesn't make the service better no. and um i i don't know how they monitor these things you know how long people are waiting on 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 hold i mean certainly they have statistics and information available to them but the bottom line is that Customer service is being automated as much as possible. AI may may actually turn out to be a positive for this, Tom, because you may be able to talk to virtual agents online who will be able to help you solve your problems. And if that's the case, then great. But I just in in order to push corporate profits up a penny or two, um, just at the expense of customer service as a business person, I just that makes no sense to me at all. None. Have you uh, have you found the workarounds? There's a couple of workarounds when you call and they say they're, you know, uh, they go through a list of, of different things that you could you could do versus sending you to a customer service. If you just start pounding the operator, pounding O, eventually they'll say, stand by, we'll hook you up with a live agent. Uh, and some systems will do that and, and some won't, but... Try that. If you're not making your way to where you want to go, anywhere yeah. in the call, either from the very beginning or partway through, start checking the, the O, operator, operator, come if, on. Or and, here's and, another and deal. They give you over. five or six options, and connecting with a live voice is not one of them. No. Or they're sending you to a department, which then doesn't connect you to a live voice. But to your point, sometimes just hitting O Mm-hmm. Um, for operator will get you to a live voice, so it's always worth trying. What do you got? At least to <laughs> that op- Well, and, and here's the deal: is that good customer service? You would think it's like here's how you contact us, and here's really, really how you really contact us. But now, how you contact us is you do this or this or this, but it really doesn't allow you to contact us. And I, maybe I'm just an old guy, and I'm frustrated by this. Maybe younger folks are more used to this type of customer service or lack thereof and adapt to it easier. But to me, um, especially if you're in a, in a business where urgency can be important at times, and certainly the airline business is one, um, American Airlines, which for the last four or five years has been suffering, um, generally is considered to be at the bottom of the Delta United American in that order of those big three of the legacy airlines. American Airlines already doesn't have a stellar reputation in recent years for this type of stuff. So I can't imagine that this is going to improve things any, no matter what they say. Um, I just, 
You show me a situation where a corporation has cut customer service and it has made things better. I can't think of one. Maybe there's one out there. But anyhow, um, uh, American Airlines decides that they that you don't need as much customer service as you used to. Well, I know that when you call Sports Leisure Vacations to get help, <laughs> you're not going to be put on hold forever. And uh, they do have customer service and are willing to uh, take care of you, especially if you're calling in to get yourself some tickets to baseball games, huh, Mark? Well, and and thanks for the – exactly, thanks uh, for the blatant plug there. But to <laughs> your point, um, smaller businesses, uh, many have gone – like at my company, before the office opens or if we're in a staff meeting on a Tuesday in the middle of the day or the office is closed – you're going to get a recording, and there's going to be an oppor- opportunity to leave a message. Um, that's fairly reasonable, I think. Most small businesses are not open 24-7, uh, seven days a week. So you're going to run into some situations like that. That doesn't necessarily mean bad customer service. But what's really frustrating, and, and this happens to me on the supply side of tourism also, when I'm trying to build tours and create product uh, to take people places, you can't get people to call you back. You leave a message on their customer service line and say, here's what I need, and they promise to get back to you, or you fill out a form online, and you wait days, and nobody contacts you back. And in many cases, I'm looking at pieces of business that are a couple thousand dollars, so they certainly would be worth following up on. But the system has been created now that people are just, I guess, the employees in charge of those things are – or not looking at them, or the people who tell those folks to look at them or don't consider it to be important enough to check on a regular basis, but it's it's just incredibly frustrating, and it's not going in a positive direction, and I'm not sure how it turns around. That's to your point, Tom. Just hit O and hope that it gets you a live voice. Well, you know, I mean, you're, you're a customer that's re- ready to spend money. Uh, and, and a lot of times people that are calling in are ready to spend mm-hmm. money. You would think that somebody would want to Pick up the phone and and help me help you move the meter, Mark. What's this deal? We were talking the other day, and you mentioned something about hamburgers in Canada, but I I got distracted and I missed it. Well, um, this actually started as a travel story. Um, it came from One Mile at a Time, and one of the online blogs. And this uh, the writer was pointing out that he ordered a, a hamburger in the airport in an airport restaurant in Toronto and he ordered it medium and the waiter brought it and it, it looked great and he took the first bite and then the waiter showed back up the server showed back up at his table with a release that he had to sign which uh. said that basically he understood that you know he had asked for the burger to be cooked less than completely and that if anything happens to happen to him that the restaurant wasn't responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, he was aghast because he's like, I've never seen anything or heard of anything like this before. And turns out that all across Canada, pretty much, they cook hamburgers well done. Period. Some restaurants will not cook it will not cook it less than well done for you just by policy. You mm-hmm. say, Well, you know, I want my burger medium rare. They're like, No, I'm sorry, but we only cook them well done. And some restaurants do what this airport restaurant was doing, and that was asking you to sign a waiver. Um, I suggest you probably should have presented the waiver before the customer started <laughs> to eat the hamburger. But nonetheless, um, it happened in a, in the in the Hilton in the Toronto airport, and I thought it was an interesting story. I've traveled in Canada a lot 
Although I don't order medium burgers, so I guess I that's why I wouldn't have have run into this situation. But for those of you who do travel in Canada, um, you can probably attest to this. As many people online jumped in and said, "Yeah, I've I've run into this myself." But anyways, if you go to Canada and you try to get a hamburger less than well done, and they won't do it for you, it's not because they're being a jerk. It's because it really is kind of a countrywide policy that um, because of the dangers of eating meat that's cooked. And so immediately the person who said this said, well, if I ordered a medium, well, medium rare steak in the restaurant, I asked and they said they wouldn't bring me a, a waiver for that. So he was kind of confused. And the explanation from some other folks answering online, including a man who worked in a butcher shop, was that when you grind meat, mm-hmm then there are contaminants and things that can get into it that wouldn't be the case in a, a piece of meat that was cut off and hadn't been processed. So right. anyways, kind of interesting if you're going if you're going to Canada. Um, here is I've got a couple of stories this week that speak to privacy. Um, this first one uh, comes from CNBC Travel. It says how to find hidden cameras in hotels and house rentals. We tested five ways and here's the clear winner. Um, I'm, I'm not as much, this little bit is not as much about how to detect the cameras as it is, wait a minute, cameras, hidden cameras Mm -hmm. in hotel rooms and vacation rentals. Well, it turns out the article is a little bit misleading. They're talking more, much more about vacation rentals than they are about hotel rooms. For sure. For sure. You know, Uh, I don't think it's, I've never seen a camera in a hotel room. Uh, and uh, I don't ever expect to see one. And if I do, I'm not staying in that hotel. Now, you know, an Airbnb, a private home, whatever, uh, you know, I can put up with that. And I can understand mm-hmm. why why it might be there. Uh, even that, that's still pretty invasive. Well, it is. And, and a lot of folks don't. Now, some people tell. You know, when you're renting the house, it's like some folks have, for example, the ring doorbell thing. My my next door neighbor has that. She gets a she works during the day and she has a lot of packages that are delivered, Amazon and the like. And so she's and the reason I know this is because one day a package fell down the steps and I picked it up and took it up to her doorstep and the ring thing says, "Hi, we see you," um, <laughs> and telling me that you know. And so she's got that for security purposes. She can tell if somebody comes and steals a package. And, you know, at least get a description of them. That's a terrific thing. But um, if I'm renting a a vacation rental and I find a camera someplace other than in an entryway or something like that or, you know, on a window or a door, someplace that that you could use to get into the the house, uh, I'm going to be immediately pretty alarmed because, you know, you rent a home, you're going to you know, take a shower and get naked and who knows what else that you might do while you've rented that particular property. And I, it, it bothers me to think that the owner of the property might be able to, um, if there's a hidden camera in there, why they've either got the tape or they're maybe watching you live um, in their home, which is not part of what I bargained for. I mean, I guess I can understand them. Well, we want to keep, you know, keep an eye on you, make sure you don't mess up our stuff but uh hey that's not part of the agreement there yeah so, can, can you imagine you're you're a husband wife uh, and you you have a vacation rental and and you sit down for the evening 
time in front of the TV. Honey, what do you want to watch the news or you want to watch the guests at our uh, Airbnb for half an hour? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Who are they? Let's, yeah. Let's switch well, on the living room camera. And this article talks about, well, you know, how do you spot these things? Well, um, naked eye uh, is the first thing. And, uh, what kind of eye? Uh, okay, fine. Oh. But I, why sh- I, then using a radio frequency detector, um, using a lens detector. Um, these are all suggestions. Using an advanced lens detector. Which you can buy um, right now for only nineteen ninety five. Yeah, Three well, easy I payments. think that now, now, ladies and gentlemen, you know why Mark doesn't stay in vacation rentals. One of the reasons I don't like staying in other people's places. When I visit relatives, I don't want to stay in the extra bedroom or sleep on the couch. Me neither. Or something. I, I want a hotel room where I can just be alone and be myself. It drives my relatives crazy because people in the Midwest do not understand why somebody would pay money for a hotel room. When they can stay for nothing, you have this perfectly good spare bedroom right next to uh, yeah, and you, with the dogs, exactly, exactly. And we talked earlier about the fact that you know when you give people information, uh, sometimes you're giving them you do, you're not giving them items one through ten. You're giving them items one through three. But then with those one, two, three, they can now go back. And to other people who sell information, and by having those items, those pieces of information about you, that will allow them to access other pieces of information about you. So I, I'm not sure how you avoid that. Like I said, you can opt out of everything that you can do, and it might keep from keep you from having things appear on your on your computer that drive you nuts because it's the same ad 500 times, and you're wondering how did they know to to give you that, but. Um, There there needs to be some protections, I think, that deal with privacy and the like. And if if I were renting a vacation rental from someone, that would be one of the first questions I would ask them is, do you have any cameras or detection devices that I should know about? I want that either in an email or on a voicemail that I've recorded or something like that so I know for sure that these people are not – not doing that, and they're not lying to me. There you so, go. And then they can say, what are you hiding, Mr. Hoffman? Why, yeah, why well, are and you- if we've gotten to the point where we have to have a conversation like that, then there are lots of vacation rentals and lots of choices, and That's it would right. be, that would be time to move on. Yep. I found uh, Washington Post had a wonderful article last week um, about visiting Disney. In particular, they were not talking about Disneyland here in California but the uh, world of Disney in Florida, they were talking about. Tom, did you know there are, there's not only, you know, there's the general admission to the park. Mm-hmm. Now you're the great unwashed. You mm-hmm. go and stand in the long lines everywhere, and you paid the one price to get in, and that's all that you'll pay in terms of riding on rides and enjoying different aspects of the park other than, you know, food and concessions and things like that. But Disney... Then there's, of course, the line pass. Mm-hmm. You know, you pay up, and it gives you a premium thing that allows you to get into to skip the line. Oh yeah, in certain places, and for paying a fee. Disney now, and Disney in Florida now has apparently at least two different ways to skip the line. Um, there's something called a. They have a new ride reservation system called Genie Plus. Mm-hmm. And every morning it opens up the opportunity to reserve spaces for some of the more popular or the newer attractions within the park. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
Uh, it opens up for booking at 7 a.m. and often fills up very quickly because the space is limited. Um, and then they have this, they have Genie, they have Genie Plus, they have um, all kinds of different ways that you can beat the system, most of which you have to pay for. Yeah, it's this- not really it's not really a matter of beating it. It's a matter of paying up to it, but it, it also requires that, that you have to make extra efforts. You got to get up early. You got to mm-hmm. log in or you use your device and get in the queue and uh, and lock it all down. Uh, trust me, if you ever want to dig real deep into this, uh, call Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sarah probably fits in. Your daughter Sarah probably fits into the same category as the lady who wrote this article for the Post. Her name is Hannah Simpson, um, and she says this gentleman and his family of six were dumping a boatload of money into a Disney trip last year and wanted to make the be- the most of it. So, a few months before the vacation, they took a class hmm. about the new ride reservation system, wow. Genie Plus, online. And then before they left on their trip in February, they took it again. Uh-huh. That's um, how complicated another, it is. Well, and that's something that Disney offers. And now um, a, a lady who is a concierge travel planner for a uh, for a travel company has decided to launch an interactive online class, which costs you $39, which will teach you. All of these ins and outs, not really how to get around the system, but more to your point, Tom, how to how the system works right. so that if you if you decide to pay up for some of these things that you can take advantage of them. Or if you decide that you don't, you know, you, you decide by learning about the system that, well, OK, I don't want to pay an extra 200 or 400 or 600 or however many hundred dollars it is, depending on how big your crowd is to do all of this stuff. But knowing it just does something seem wrong there. You buy an admission to the park, and I don't know. I I, I had a group in Key West a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and frequently when you're a tour operator and you have a group, you know, you say, "All right, you folks, stay on the bus or stay outside, out of the way here. I'll check us in, let them know that we're here. We have a reservation. Then I'll come back and get you." And we'll go into the restaurant, the attraction, the whatever. So in many cases, there are people waiting in line. They've either they're waiting in line to make a reservation to get a table or they've made a reservation and they're waiting for their name to be called. So you have to walk past all of these people to get into the attraction or the restaurant or whatever. And I always go back and tell my people now get ready because you're about to get the stink eye from two dozen people because they're standing in line and they're going to wonder why all these people are walking past them. Yeah. Um, the reason, of course, is because <laughs> I've made a reservation in advance. I've probably already paid for it, so I don't have to go through the same process as these people do. The attraction or the restaurant knows that we're coming. They've set aside space for us. In many cases, one of the reasons you're waiting outside is because we already reserved that space. Right. <laughs> um, so you're going to get the. these people are going to look at you and say, hey, WTF, how, how come these people get to go in, you know? And, and yeah. so even when it's legit, you get those kinds of things. And I at theme parks, you know, you paid your way in. Disney's, what, 100 bucks or more a ticket now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get into it's the pretty park? pretty accurate, sure. So you're in this long line of people, and you, you think it's not moving very fast, and you're seeing all these other people come up and immediately get in, and you're thinking, you know, what am I here, chopped liver? Right. I well, mean, they- I'm, not on the six, I'm not on the 695 ticket. 
Um, you know, I paid a lot of money to get in. So I just it, – it, it seems hard. Even on the airplane, I'm a 1K with United a, a high up, and we get to board early. Um, the other day I'm riding on a Delta flight and didn't have those privileges, and it's like I'm watching all these Delta medallion people get on the plane <laughs> and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is what it feels like to be standing here and watch everybody and their uncle pre-board. There's an old Saturday Night Live skit about pre-boarding on the aircraft, and they call – you know, every imaginable name that you can I think, think I of, think we, we, we played a little bit of that. Yes, yes, we have. So anyways, um, if you're going to Disney in Florida, be aware of the fact that you can you can take a class online in order to find out a little bit more about how to work the system, and it might very well be worth the money. I think I'm just going to go to the zoo. We are going back to, to Travelers United today, and before I talk to Charlie here. I just wanted to remind our listeners that Travelers United is an organization that is supported by, by people like you and I. Um, it's a consumer advocacy organization. In fact, uh, our friend Chris Elliott writes for uh, for Charlie on occasion. And uh, so it, it you can contribute and get newsletters and all kinds of, if you think you get good travel tips from this program, some of them come every week from Travelers United and the stuff they send out. So you can find them on the web and become part of the Travelers United family. If you are a regular traveler going to different places, particularly if you're an overseas traveler, I think you would find it very beneficial to you. Charlie, welcome back to the Travel Guys. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Charlie, you you, you wrote something that was very different. I, I've never seen you pen something like this before, but the headline was, changing the overall airspace control agency should be a national priority. And your point is that up until this point, we've dealt with airplanes and I guess an occasional drone in the sky. But things are about to change and somebody needs to get out in front of this because the skies are about to start looking like an L.A. freeway at rush hour. That's right. We're in a situation right now where up until now, Basically, the FAA, which has been in control of the air traffic control operation, has been working with commercial airlines, and they they keep us very, very safe, and they do a good job. But now they're also looking at dealing with unmanned aerial systems and with space operations. What I'm trying to do is I am looking right now at uh, trying to get the space people, the unmanned aerial system people, and the uh, commercial air people together in one organization so that we can then start to deal with some of these problems. The uh, FAA is already getting ready now to approve basically air taxis, and they're going to be flying cars that only carry like four people, and they take off from an airport. They, they sort of take off on vertical takeoff and landing, and they go to where they're going to go. They've got about a 20-minute operation, which is about 30 miles. Flying cars are being developed as we speak. It's easy to develop something. It's hard to integrate it into our system. You know, Charlie, this like like Mark pointed out, and I think you brought up that uh, flying cars in cartoons and then in movies, of course, but a lot of times those things precede reality. And we can go back and look at films and so forth. And there's a lot of things that we have today that were just uh, stuff that they made up in the Jetsons. So it is well, it is about time that uh, that something happens. Charlie, looking into the future, are you do you uh, are we talking about something that could start occurring in the next 10, 20 years? What do you think? 
probably the next 10 years. It's occurring right now. So, Charlie, is this going to is this going to mean a whole new different type of regulatory body? Is that kind of where you're, you're trying to get these people to recognize the fact that this is something that's coming and we need to start talking about it now so that we're not behind the curve? Is that kind of the gist of this? That's the gist of it. Tom, speaking of references, you referenced the Jetsons earlier there. You realize, of course, that at least half of our listening audience has no idea who the Jetsons <laughs> are. Uh, <laughs> but for those of you who are new to the planet, the Jetsons were the opposite of it, remember they ran back to back the Jetsons and the Flintstones. And you had yep. so you had the, the the folks who were in the, living in the past and the Jetsons were living in the future and they had exactly what Charlie is talking about here if you're old enough to remember this TV show is kind of the picture that I think Charlie is trying to paint where people got into their just like you get into your car, they got into their flying vehicle and went wherever it was, and there were traffic jams and all kinds of make-believe things. But this doesn't sound like make-believe is that far away, does it, Tom? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, just Google Jetsons, and then you'll be you'll be up you'll be up to speed. <laughs> Charlie, this yeah, is well, this sounds like a monumental task. Right now, we we're in the the last stages of the uh, current FAA reauthorization bill. And uh, after this, we've got five years until the next reauthorization bill. Charlie, let me ask you one last question here before before we let you go. Um, just between you and I and Tom and the fence post, you've started reaching out to these folks. And uh, these are people that I, I'm sure that you have conversations with in regards to other issues on a regular basis. Do any of them know what they're talking about when it comes to this area? Do any of them have an interest? Or are we just headed for another government boondoggle? Or do you think there's... You know, are some of them excited about this prospect? What, what? Look into your crystal ball and tell us what you see happening here in the next couple, three years. Well, it's happening right now. That's what's going on. And all of the people are involved in some way. I've met with the space insurance people, and you can imagine how much they're involved in this. When we look at outer space, now we've got rockets which are taking off and coming back down. Half of the rocket is being landed back down at the uh, spaceport that it took off from. Mm -hmm. And that's happening right now. And Elon Musk has already shown that it can happen. And uh, we now have something like 60,000 or more satellites up in the air and all this space junk uh, flying around. And nobody's really dealt with that yet because uh, as far as they're concerned, space is just unlimited. Not. But it's not. Thanks, buddy, for joining us today. It is a, it, it's a really different subject. I'm glad that you addressed it, and I, I thought it was worthy of a uh, of a little mention here. Um, for those of you who are interested, Travelers United, as I mentioned, is a uh, an organization that is all about the typical average traveler. If you think nobody is on your side, then you would be wrong. There's a link to their website at TravelGuysRadio.com. Thanks so much, Charlie, for joining us. We'll see you uh See you passing by, wave to you in your flying car. <laughs> okay. Well, Charlie's Definitely. always got some great Take information, really uh, Travelers United, and I'm really looking forward to my first flying anything, you know, that uh, that I'm driving. A little concerned yes, about that. Yes, some people think they've been, they've been in flying cars already. Thanks to Charlie. Uh, again, for his time, he's always very gracious. Tra- TravelersUnited.org. And you folks, remember to dance like nobody's watching. Stay well, my friends. Thanks for joining us. See you next Saturday, 11 a.m. for the next edition of The Travel Guys. Traveler is always
never has the time to turn around.